Welcome to episode 8 of The Owen Show. I'm Owen Burke, joined as always by Tim Hunt. Take Uh, 3 today. Yeah, take 3 today slash yesterday, whatever, I don't know. We're here, we're going to get a show out before Thursday Night Football. It's always the goal, and it's going to happen this week. We haven't missed Thursday Night Football yet, and I don't plan on starting this week. Yeah, we're sorry if uh, this is probably coming out late for, for our regulars here. Uh, we recorded two shows last night, both for about you know forty minutes, and each time one of our microphones wasn't working. So that yeah. was super super fun. We got a clean thirteen minutes, and then the first time we went out to like fifty five, and mine stopped working from thirteen to fifty five. So you reset. We went another forty minutes, and Tim's mic wasn't working the second time around. So we scrapped last night. It's a whole new day. Yep, fresh day. So we're not we're not going to reference back to things that we talked about in the past. That we're going to try not to. We're going to try not to. <laughs> it's, I'm not going to guarantee anything because it's. Uh, I definitely can see myself doing it. So, so when when one of us doesn't have anything to say, it's because the other one's stolen the other person's thoughts, and they're just saying both I, of our takes. I, I did me. like three or four times last night. It's okay. Time around. It happens. Uh, so for our fan questions this week, um, we do have a couple. Uh, the other two, I'll get to. But the first one, I know we 100% are going to answer right here, right now. First one comes from from us, from my buddy, Kellen, down in San Antonio. He asked, are we surprised that the Texans did not move Deshaun Watson before the trade deadline? What do you think? Um, I don't know if I'd say surprised is the right way. Um, With all the legal stuff that's holding that trade up, I'm not super shocked that it didn't happen midseason. And... If you're the Texans, you're not under a ton of pressure to move him right now anyways. Yeah. If he was, like, in the building being a distraction, right? there's definitely a lot more pressure to move him. And then what was the update? I remember we talked about it. What was the update on where they're at with the case now? Because I haven't heard anything. Yeah. So um, Miami seeked permission to talk to him to see if they would settle the case. Apparently, um, in pro football talk, Mike Florio was the one that I've, I've gotten this info from. Not directly, but just from listening to yeah, it. Yeah, like, he's on my speed he, now. He's, him and I are buds, we tag. <laughs> yeah. um, is that apparently right now what's holding the case up is the uh, people that are alleging Deshaun Watson in the civil suit uh, don't want the amount that he's going to pay to come out, and he wants it to come out. And apparently that's pretty common practice if the payout is small. Right, because if you're the victims and the payout's huge, you don't give a shit. You want it to come out, and you're like, see how guilty he was. And, and in this case, it's kind of flipped, so apparently mm-hmm. he's not paying that much, and so they don't want it to come out. Gotcha. And this is all inference, right, and assuming. So. Yeah, it's it's guessing. We know that he wants it to come out, and they don't, and we're right. kind of guessing on why, obviously. Right. But, so, yeah, that's been the thing that, like, Miami wanted to talk to him to see, and apparently they were able to talk to him uh, what would have been Monday night and see if he would settle – um, and just not announce how much. Just settle the case, pay him out, and then just move on. Get him in the door. So I just don't think – I think it was a tight timeline. I think yeah. it just took a long time to – They should have talked to together. him before Monday, I think. Yeah. If you're trying to get that done, that's something that should have happened last week when we got the original report. And I think if you're the Texans too, if you trade a midseason, your picks are going to get worse. We've talked about this on the show before. Multiple times, yeah. So if you trade now, his picks might get worse, and there's still the unknown of the legal, like the criminal side of things too. So mm-hmm. uh, he's just in a weird spot. Yeah, it's uh, definitely – so it's kind of surprising just because we had the reports, but I would say it was less surprising 
than than it was surprising itself, I guess. So like right. we're like a three of ten surprise meter scale. Right. So it's definitely something that's probably gonna happen during the off season. It's just gonna kinda be how things play out. And I think more teams will be interested in the off seasons, and yeah. the Texans might be able to get more for him. Then, yeah, that, that's another thing. Is if he comes out clean slate, say they settle, the money is super low, nothing happens criminal wise, and it's basically just you know he missed a year of football, but other than that, it's done. Yeah. Now the Steelers could join the hunt. There, Carolina might. Come Carolina back in. could join the hunt. Philly might, you know. Yeah. A lot try of to places hop might, in. might jump join for sure. So it's definitely something to keep your eye on, but it's something we I think we're going to have to wait till the offseason. That's fine. We had a little bit of excitement at the deadline, and Deshaun Watson will definitely take care of the excitement when it comes to the offseason. Yes. We'll, 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 we know that we're going to have something to talk about. Come well, the I mean, the yeah, we'll have him, potentially Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, so we'll have, we'll have plenty of people to talk about. Definitely going to have the quarterback carousel in full effect this offseason. Um, Kellen also had a second question for us. He said, how good is the Rams' defense now that they have added Vaughn Miller? Um, we're going to talk about Vaughn Miller quite a bit, obviously, today. Being being the, the first show after the trade deadline, obviously, we're going to cover the deal itself. And then also, Tim's going to talk about him a little bit in his hot take as well. So we'll come back to that. He'll stick around until probably the hot take half hour. We'll talk about Vaughn Miller a little bit more. And then Nolan, my buddy from Wichita, asked, Tennessee is currently 6-2. and two. They're currently the one seed in the AFC. But without Derrick Henry, who is out for the rest of the season, most likely he might be back for playoff time, maybe a week 17, 18 return, something like that. Where do they finish without the lead back going forward? Uh, we're also going to talk about Tennessee a little bit later. Obviously, they did sign Adrian Peterson to kind of try to fill some production level in their backfield going forward. But it's uh, it's definitely an interesting situation if you're Tennessee. If you're related to Tennessee at all, if you're a fan, coach, player, obviously this is definitely an interesting situation because he has been the most relied upon player that's not a quarterback. For sure. For the last two to three years probably. Yeah, he's definitely the most valuable player, non-valuable, most valuable non-quarterback player in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Um, So we're going to talk about him a little bit in my hot take as well. So we're going to come back around to Derrick Henry and Vaughn Miller. Um, So I'm going to try to preface those questions when we come back around to them. Um other so, yeah. thing, too, I want to touch on. We didn't touch on it last time. Okay. Um, we will do our mid-season rewards uh, oh, yeah. next week. I forgot about that. So that that will be on the docket next week, so our halfway uh, MVP. It's kind of weird because you don't know whether to do it after week eight or nine, but we'll probably plan on doing that next week. Yeah, we do a week nine. We definitely still got to gotta cover the Western Conference of the NBA today. Yes. I'm excited to get to that because we haven't got a, t- a chance to talk about that at all yet. <laughs> I do have an idea for the NBA too, so all right. there, there might be some new stuff going on in the NBA going forward, so just keep a lookout for that. Tim is a mastermind when it comes to putting the stuff together. I always thought I was good, and there's certain things that he comes up with that – Really steals the show, so thank you for that as well. Uh, into our, our recap games from last week, obviously starting in Thursday Night Football. The depleted Packers receiving core versus the 7-0, and the then 7-0 and Cardinals. Yeah. Um, what did you think about that game? I mean, we, we talked about it uh, in last week's episode where we said it felt like Aaron Rodgers might somehow win this, and mm-hmm. sure enough, he did, man. Um, no Hail Mary to be had. No, Yeah, no Hail Mary. That was the only thing we kind of got wrong there. but Didn't need it. Yeah, he balled out. Like, he, I mean, he didn't play that well, but they just won somehow. Yeah. Randall Cobb is the top receiving target, and Aaron Jones is probably two. Uh, a hampered Rob Tanyan who actually goes down with a torn ACL in the middle of the game. Um, and Arizona just stuttered 
Yeah. On in all assets of the all facets of the game, they just did not look like a seven and football team. I mean, they were still in this game, which is which is a positive, right? Yeah. You, you would have liked to have won it. AJ Green forgot how to play football in the last thirty seconds there, yeah. so that kind of cost him the game. Um, I mean, for the Cardinals, I don't want to say this was a must win, but this is a game you should win. Yeah, like if the the Packers are at full strength, this is like all right, it's test time. Right, it's a fifty fifty game. They're also seven. They're seven and one coming in. We're seven and zero. Oh. If yeah, if the Packers are at full strength and you lose like you did, you're like okay. You know, it's, it's not, the Packers. Right. We got to learn from this because there's a solid chance we run into them in the postseason again. Right. But without Devontae Adams, without Alan Lazard, without Valdez Scanling, now you're running them in the postseason again. You're looking at this loss, and you may drop a game plan, but now you have to game plan for their two, if not all three of those receivers being back in the fold. Right. And and not to mention that Devontae Adams is like a top three wide receiver. So, yeah, he's around, around there. So, somewhere. yeah, it's not like he's a dynamic presence that was completely missed this game. Yeah, so... It's definitely a tough road for for Arizona, but also like I think it's kind of a good thing. I, I've never really been a super big fan of the undefeated season. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so I have a question for you because mm-hmm. you're a Patriots fan. Yes, you lived the undefeated season Correct, up to the I Super did. Bowl. What did it feel like for you as a fan, and like what was kind of the storylines around them going into Week 17, a game that doesn't matter? Obviously, you yeah. locked the one seed up. Did they play Tom Brady and everybody going they into did. that game? Tom Brady and Randy Moss both played. You know who we actually played that game? Who? The Giants. Wow. So we played the New York Football Giants week 17. Of mm. that under, or, yeah, it would have been week 17 back then. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, we played the Giants that game. They did play Tom Brady um, and Randy Moss. Did play. I don't think they played the whole game. I think we ended up uh, – we had a good lead at one point. But that was the game. Not only was the undefeated season on the line there – Tom Brady at the time broke the touchdown record. Mm. Randy Moss caught his twenty third touchdown in a regular season game, uh, which also a broke another record. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't like it was just that season. That defense was awful that year. Like, hmm. I still, I mean, and this might be because I was, you know, somewhat young, but I still think that's the greatest offense that I've ever seen play in my lifetime. Between Randy Moss, you had Wes Welker who caught 100 balls that year. Yeah, it was just a dynamic team. It was the year they put up 52 points on who's Tennessee your, in the snow. Who's your starting running back that year? Do you remember? Um, I don't honestly. Maroney. Um, yeah, it might have been Lawrence Maroney. Lawrence Maroney, man. Um, could have been could have been quite a few guys. We we yeah. don't keep running. There's back not a there's long. not a a big name running back in the yeah. Patriots history really. Um. So I wasn't against it. It's always cool to break history and kind of do things that have never been done. I don't think you should ever be scared of a of a perfect season. And I, I mean, I think the Colts ruined their shot the one year that they decided to lose a game. I mean, they ended up losing that Super Bowl that year, but yeah. uh, I don't even remember what year that was. But that was the year that the Colts lost uh, to the Saints, actually. Yeah. But they were like fifteen and zero going or fourteen and zero going in the last two weeks, and they had nothing to play for, so they didn't play their people. They just pulled. Yeah. So that's always the thing is like a lot of people are like okay, well, you're undefeated. And you want to keep this undefeated streak up, but like at what cost? Are right. you willing to throw your starting quarterback out there in a Week 17 game that really, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you went 17 0, you don't want to ring because your QB gets hurt. Now it's an issue. Like well, I think it's always been an age old debate. At the at the time that Tom Brady was going for it, Tom Brady already had three rings. 
It was a whole. They're going for records at that point too. Right. They're going for they're going for the greatest season a quarterback's ever had. Which Peyton Manning and uh, I think Demaris Thomas blew both of those records out of the water a couple years later. But yeah, Manning or I think Brady had fifty that year, and then 53. Manning three. Yeah, Manning threw fifty five. Yeah, in 50, twenty couple years after. I think it was twenty thirteen. I believe something like that. Because yeah. I yeah it was twenty thirteen. Because I don't the, think Demaris Thomas broke Randy Moss's record. Though. I think that one still stands. Yeah. Because I remember that was the year that that was the season after Baltimore won the Super Bowl. Okay. It's the only time a Super Bowl champion has ever had to go on the road to start the year. And after the Mile High Miracle in the playoffs that last year, the double OT win, Joe Flacco and the Ravens go to Baltimore and Peyton Manning threw for seven touchdowns in that game. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. I was like, of course we have to go on the road. It's like, right. it's my only time winning a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I'm like, of course, we're the only team. We'll, uh, I think, uh, like, in the postseason when there's downtime, so, like, Pro Bowl week, we'll probably do a nostalgic episode. Okay. And we'll just talk about, like, some of our nostalgic memories and stuff like that. Fair enough. But if I'm if I'm the Cardinals at this point, like, Kyler Murray still has so much to prove. 100%. That I don't know if I – I mean, I probably don't play him if this is week 17, but this is something that you still – I don't think the hype of an undefeated season wears on you like people think it does. I think it maybe does, but probably not at seven games. I think right. this. I think it weighed on the Steelers last year. You think so? There's a lot of. I don't. I. I don't see it at all. I think Big Ben was just old last There's year. There's so many people that are like, see, the Cardinals are just like the Steelers. They're actually fucking terrible. They just had a good stretch of games. I'm like, that's, I don't think it's that. That's ridiculous in my opinion. Very different. I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray is still a front runner for MVP. Yep. The problem is the main difference is. I mean, I don't even know if it's. It's probably pretty similar. That division's so goddamn tough. Like, yeah. The the Rams are sniffing the Cardinals right now. Like they are right they're both at one loss now. Yeah. Cardinals hold the tiebreaker, but yeah, that is not a division that you want to lose games like this. The though. NFC is wide open it right is. now. So with with those two teams there, obviously the Bucks in the south and then the Packers in the north. Right. There's those four teams are gonna be and the Cowboys obviously as well. So your four division champs and your one uh your first wild card team are gonna all be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, at least, yeah. which is absolutely insane to see. Um, next game in Colts Titans and uh, divisional game this week. Yeah, um, Carson Wentz. Yep, stinks. I don't know if he stinks. Well, I wouldn't say he stinks. the The ending of that game stinks. He had a bad game. I see the. I saw the flashback to Philly there. Yes, that's what that avoiding the safety and throwing the pick six in well. Was, what? He just had to throw it at the feet of somebody, and instead he tries to throw it to somebody, which makes yeah. no sense. Then the last, you know, the last drive. I mean, you don't score. You get the ball first in overtime. You don't score. You get lucky enough to have Tennessee only put up a field goal. You get the ball back, and then you throw an interception. Another interception. Yeah. Right. Which the that that hero ball style of play is what really killed him in Philly. That's why everyone was like, "Oh, he's so terrible," and like. Well, yeah, because he's decided instead of taking the check down to the four or five yard out route, he's like, I'm going to roll out of the pocket, throw it deep to my non existent receiving core into double coverage. Right. And then everybody's going to be like, why do you have 20 picks? He, like, the, the problem is, is it's like, it's one thing to, like, throw one of those interceptions, but to throw both. Yeah. <clears throat> it feels like the Colts lost that game like three times. Like it, it just, does. It just they blew so many opportunities because they to win. they they lose it. Like they win it because he avoids the safety, and then within three seconds they lost it because it was a pick six. Yeah. And then somehow they go down and tie the game, and then you win the coin toss to get the ball first, and then you hold him to a field goal, 
And then you'd throw another interception. And you're yeah. like, this is the dumbest roller coaster of emotion if I'm a Colts fan. It, it, was, it was pretty disappointing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for Tennessee, it's good to get this win. It puts you in the number one seed in the AFC. Um, we'll we'll talk about the Titans quite yep. a bit more coming up. But... We're going to talk about the importance of this game as well coming yeah. up. So, uh, another division game. Yeah. Bucks and Saints. Probably the surprise of the week, I'd say. Um, yeah, I would. I mean, this... when it comes to overall outcome. Yeah, Tom Brady's kryptonite here. I mean, Trevor Simeon, man, balled out. <laughs> well, I don't know where these quarterbacks are coming from, but. I feel Mike like, White, Trevor Simeon, a lot of guys. Free promo for whoever's ad just played in the background there. Nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, for some reason, doesn't play well against the Saints. Yeah, in New Orleans, in the Dome. Yeah. It is a good Saints defense. They're, it's probably the best Saints defense they've had in a couple of years. Tomorrow Davis is playing at a great uh, clip right now. Marshawn Lattimore is playing great. Um I'm seeing Cameron, Cameron Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. yeah, you know exactly what I was talking about. He's also playing great football right now. So they're all playing great. Obviously, Jameis goes down with the torn ACL, which is definitely a hurt. Here comes former seventh-round pick and Broncos superstar Trevor Simeon. and Balls takes, out. Takes down Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Saints fan, you feel good. I mean, you lose Jameis the rest of the year, so you're not That's super tough. excited. That's tough. Yeah, the question... I, I think I talk about this later. Yes, I do talk about... Oh, no. But I, I'm so surprised that the Saints aren't one of the teams going after Cam Newton. Like, after any quarterback. After somebody. you got to go get somebody. They, they were calling about wide receivers all day at the deadline. They yeah. called about Odell. Odell was almost a Saint. They called multiple other teams about wide receivers that were available. And they're rolling with Trevor Simeon and a currently concussed Taysom Hill. Yeah, and everyone... For some reason, there's this belief when Taysom Hill gets back, he still won't be the guy. There's no way. There's I can't. I don't understand that at all. You can't I, have him be in a quarterback battle with Jameis for the starting spot. And like, no, Trevor Simeon's our guy. But that's what they did last year. Jameis was the backup technically, and then when Drew Brees went down, they put through Taysom Hill in. Taysom Hill in. That's true. Yeah. So Sean Payton says, yeah, the depth charts just you know, it's it's a loose meaning to me. It's a it's an everyday change, for right? Me, which I would rather have Taysom Hill do what Taysom Hill does instead of having him at quarterback. But I don't know if I'm willing to do that with Trevor Simeon being my option. So they think he'll be like a decoy. He'll probably play a bigger role in the offense than he has been the yeah. last. You know this whole season, so. But good division win for the Saints, it and was. you know playoff hopes are definitely still alive. And if something unforeseen happens in Tampa Bay, and this division opens up a little bit, they definitely the window is open because whenever you can snag a win over the team, the you know the team that should finish first in your division is always a good thing going forward. I'm not buying too much into the Bucks falling apart or anything like that. It's going to take something catastrophic. Yeah, I think this was just a bad loss. They're only going to get healthier. They're starting to get some of their cornerbacks back this week. They uh, got Gronk back, and then he went down again. Yeah. It's the first time he's played since week three, and he went down in that game again. So, Yeah, he'll be up and down, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not out on the Bucks yet. Definitely not. Uh, last game we're going to talk about, Patriots-Chargers. Yeah. You want to start us off here? Uh, what a great game that was. Um, Mac Jones is very obviously the best quarterback out of this QB class. I know we got rid of rookie watch, but it would have been us talking about the same things over and over again. So yeah. I'm kind of glad we ditched it. But It's been the same, just about the same thing every week. Yeah. So 
Uh, Mac Jones played really well. Uh, Justin Herbert, for some reason, Bill Belichick against young QBs. He just has the formula. He knows the recipe to make their lives uh, really tough that game. Yeah, I think it's that that mindset of not paying edge rushers but always consistently having pressure. Yeah, Matt Judon's been awesome for the Patriots this year. Judon's playing well, and they're just – I think that's the one thing that's got to get to you is, like, there's no Aaron Donald, there's no Von Miller, there's no – list any, insert name here, Chandler right. Jones, J.J. Watt, doesn't matter. Matt Judon's the top option there, and he's a pro bowler. He's not one of the best edge rushers in the game, but – you know that you take the snap on a three-step drop, somebody's going to be in your face, and you have no idea where it's going to come from. And the backside coverage, I mean, J.C. Jackson, I think, is one of those guys that always gets talked about as an underrated corner. I feel like since last year he's been talked about as a really underrated guy, yeah. and somehow he's still under the radar. Is Jonathan Jones hurt, or is he healthy? Uh, I think he he's healthy. Um, that was think, the best corner trio, I think, in the league. Oh, without question. When it Jonathan Jones just has played so well in the slot when Gilmore was still there. Yeah. And so it's it's going to be fun to see him slide back to the outside now. But watching all three of those guys, when you dropped into a nickel set, was insanity. Because I mean, you have three like Pro Bowl-level corners in your set, in my well, opinion. Well, and then you throw in Devin McCourty, who's and no Devin McCourty's up there. Kyle Duggar also he's playing the other safety spot. Like you yeah. got some young guys at the other safety spot as well. So yeah, Duggar's been playing pretty well this year too. Yeah. Um, Jamie Collins is back in the middle of the defense. He's, dude, I love Jamie. Right Collins. where he belongs. As soon as he got cut by the Lions, I told Owen, I was like, dude, he's coming back. I do. I'm like, where else is he gonna go? He always he always <laughs> somehow ends up back in New England. I just don't go. know why he leaves at this point. Yeah, he leaves to get a really good signing bonus from another team, and then is like, you know what? They'll cut me for. He's done it in. twice now. Yeah, yeah. This is like the third or fourth time he's played because he left for Cleveland. Yeah, did he get traded? to Cleveland? He got traded. So he was like, he was one of the guys that was like, "Hey, I want Von Miller money." And yeah. then like the next week, Bill Belichick's like, "Go have fun in Cleveland." And that was when they were like zero and eight. Yeah, we were. He went. He went from seven and one to zero and eight. Yeah, it was crazy with a phone call just like that. And then he comes back after getting cut by Cleveland, and then he left for Detroit last year. Yep, he's decent. Last year, and then he's been a stink of a two or three weeks. They cut him, and now he's back in New England again. Yep. So, Mac Jones looks good. Yeah, Mac Jones looked good. Young. Justin Herbert, I mean, I think I think the Chargers were slightly overhyped, you know, for the two weeks we thought they were the best team in the AFC. I definitely hopped on that bandwagon for a second. There's, like, there's a lot of hype around, like, it'll jump from, you know, it's jumped from the Chargers to the Bengals to now probably people will be... I mean, I, I don't think the Tennessee hype will be as big since Derrick Henry got hurt. But if he didn't get hurt, I'm sure it would be the same. Oh, it'd be through the roof. I think these teams are more evenly matched than it probably you probably realize yeah, in the I'm, AFC. I think it's going to be exciting to watch come playoff time because I think the Patriots probably make it. I think the Chargers should win their division Yeah, if they can bounce back. But. If they can hold on and, and I mean, all of a sudden, Lord knows the Raiders are a mess. So. All of a sudden, the AFC West is... Literally wide open. I mean, the cheat you can't really as, count the Chiefs as out, bad so as as terrible as they have looked. Now, don't get me wrong, Chiefs fans. Listen, I have a I have a I have a couple of real Chiefs fans that are like, we fucking are terrible, and this is bad. And I have a couple of Chiefs fans that are like, still the best quarterback in the game. We're going to be fine in the long run. We're going to beat the Packers. Yeah. They said that before Aaron Rodgers went down. So, I the Chiefs are f- terrible right now. They're horrible. They're not playing good football, but. No one has grabbed the reins in that division. Yeah. If there's any team that has, it's the Raiders. And they have they've got their own drama they, side. They can't set get out of the drama. 
And it's and for once, it's not their fault. Usually, they put themselves in this situation, and you could say that Mike Mayock and John Gruden put them in the situation by taking Henry Ruggs over Ceedee Lamb and Justin Jefferson in that draft class. But for once, I feel like it's not really the Raiders' fault. Like inherently, obviously, putting that guy on your roster and signing John Gruden for ten years is inherently your fault. But right. the things that have happened since have not been anything that they can control. Right. So. Um, heading out of those games and into our headlines, obviously speaking about the Raiders and Henry Ruggs, it broke early Tuesday morning. Uh, he was involved in a car crash in Las Vegas at about 3.34 a.m. Uh, he remained on the scene and compliant with police officers, but uh, the reports that we've seen today is the benefit of recording a day after. Um, he hit a top speed of about 156 miles an hour uh, up until the crash and was going about 127 miles an hour on impact. His blood alcohol level was like 0. 0.18, 1.6, so which is twice the legal limit. Twice the legal limit. Yeah. Uh, he, he did kill the other driver involved. His girlfriend was in serious condition, I believe, the last I've heard. Yep. And of course, he came out with the least bit of injuries out of the three, which is how it normally goes in these scenarios. But it's heartbreaking. But yeah, it's 100 percent the norm. Um, so he's facing two felonies after uh, the deadly crash, one being obviously a DUI and the other was reckless driving. He has now been cut from the team. Yeah, uh, He's no longer a Las Vegas Raider, and football is by far the last thing that he should be worrying about and probably is worrying about at this yeah. stage of the game. I mean, so. hope he gets held responsible for his actions, and, and that's all we can really do from there. That Thoughts and prayers all... go out to the family of the victim. And... Yeah. I hope he, he learns, and I hope that everybody that is you know that does this stuff and gets away with it, because obviously you only hear about it when something bad happens. When something bad happens, there Don't are drink and drive. There are many at nights, and there are many of average Joes, football players, anybody that goes out and drives drunk or drives drunk and goes 150 miles an hour, or either or. Right. Even Def- if you're going 30, you can still kill someone. Definitely can. Just yeah. don't be an idiot. Not not a great thing to do. So moving away from that, obviously into the trade deadline and all the things that happened. Not the most exciting deadline in the world. Um, when you when you bring in all the things that have happened up until this week, you know, through the last two to three weeks, you add the Stephon Gilmore and the Zach Ertz trade. It definitely it looks like a really good trade deadline. And if we're talking about like two years ago, this is the most insane deadline of all time because Von Miller and Stephon Gilmore got traded, which if you told somebody that two to three years ago, they would have called you insane. But here we are. Uh, so to recap kind of everything that happened, believing some of the bigger ones that we want to talk about, the Niners added their pass rush. The Chiefs got Melvin Ingram for a six-round pick, which obviously a good add for them. Yeah, they need the help they can get on defense. Really good add. Mark Ingram back to the Saints. Great locker room guy. He's going to be a nice two-punch behind Alvin Kamara, just like he was their first stint in New Orleans together. Joe Flacco now another backup. He's back in New York, back on the Jets, still a backup. Hey, Mike moved, White. He moved out of a spot. He went from third string to second string. Yeah, Mike White's the guy until Zach Wilson's back, and then he'll probably be third string again. Third string again, but, probably. Because Mike White is that guy for some reason. Baller. Uh, uh, Kenny Young moved to the Broncos. That deal was separate, actually, from the Von Miller deal. It happened a week or two ago. He's a young inside linebacker. He was originally drafted by the Ravens, so he'll play nicely inside with Alexander Johnson going forward. Um, obviously, we talked about Zach Ertz to the Cardinals a couple weeks ago, and then Stephon Gilmore and C.J. Henderson both landing 
with the Panthers, which that's an interesting trio of corners now because obviously they drafted J.C. Horn as well. Yeah. That secondary might be some – that defense as a whole is probably going to be terrifying come next year. I mean, the question is, is can they keep the offense together enough this season to make a playoff push? That's really what that comes down to. Yeah. Um, CMC was, I believe, activated. It's – I get confused on, like, the rules behind it. Mm-hmm. He was activated from IR. Yeah. So they have, like – they have three weeks to, like, officially put him back on the roster, which, like, obviously they'd have to send somebody down to the practice squad or do something to do that. Yeah. Um, he's getting his projections back on fantasy, which means ESPN thinks he has a shot to play this week. Even if it's a 10% chance, there's a chance. Well, I think they have to if he's on the active roster. Gotcha, yeah. Because I think he has to either be listed as out, doubtful, or questionable. So. Yeah. I think he's still listed as I. On IR, but he has a projection. It's really weird. He's probably listed as out now. I would guess that probably just Maybe. changed. Um, I have him in one of my leagues. Let me check. Yeah, I have him in our in our work league. I got that that league, man. Beta Mike's is I started five and zero, oh, I think, and I think I'm sitting at six and two now. Yikes. One and two skid. Um, the Chiefs traded their longest tenured offensive lineman, uh, Duvernay Tardiff, to the Jets. For Dan Brown, who's a tight end from from the Jets, I have, in the grand scheme of things, like just this first sentence, Chiefs trade longest tenured offensive lineman to the Jets. Makes zero sense considering the duress that Patrick Mahomes has been under all year. You watch the Giants game. The Giants are in his face. Four-man drop, or four-man rush, three-step drop. There's somebody in his grill. He's having to create plays. And also, I think another thing that's kind of hurting them is I feel like the play calling hasn't been changed a lot. They're still trying to take the long shot downfield, and if you don't have an offensive line that's going to hold up, it's not going to work. Right. You have speedsters. You have route runners. Get the ball out of his hands. Stop letting him get hit. But this move made no sense. Adding a third, fourth tight end and letting Tardiff walk makes zero sense to me. I had some Chiefs fans are like, oh, it's probably to save cap. I have no idea what they saved cap for. I have a feeling Deshaun Jackson might be a chief here in the next week, because why not? Makes you have nothing no s- to lose, right? But after adding Josh Gordon, McCole Hardman hasn't stepped up the way that the Chiefs have wanted him to, and that the fans have wanted him to is also an issue. So the the bottom line is that the offense, in all reality, the offense really is not the weapons on the offense is not the problem. Patrick Mahomes does not need another guy to throw to. Wide receivers are not the biggest team need. It's the offensive line and good effing lord get Daniel Sorensen off the field. Yeah. (laughs) I just think the Chiefs, I mean, that defense is never going to be as dynamic as it can be without Chris Jones. I think the Melvin Gordon trade is going to help. I think that pass rush now I feel like is is pretty solid on a three- to four-man front with Melvin Ingram, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark. I would say it's harder to move off a coordinator in the middle of the season than it is a head coach. Agreed. So I don't think they'll fire anyone mid-season when it comes to a coordinator spot, mm-hmm. especially when you're still in playoff contention. Um, I think trying to have somebody else step up and fill that role is going to run a lot of the same schemes, so it doesn't make any sense to yeah. move them in there. So so for the Chiefs, a puzzling move. Um, adding Melvin Ingram was nice, but the, the Tardiff trade made zero sense to me. And then obviously the big fish of the trade deadline, Vaughn Miller, headed from the Broncos – out to L.A. to play next to Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, the Rams gave up a second and a third round pick, I believe, to go get him. 
Not a terrible price, honestly. No, not really. The real question is, can you pay him? I believe he's in the last year of his contract now. Um, I think we looked this up. I think, yeah, he's got one more year. He's in the last year of his contract, and you don't have a lot of money to spare. So, first of all, it's kind of win now, Like, which this has been their philosophy. They used it to get Matthew Stafford. They're left with currently a third and two day three picks, like a fifth and a sixth or a sixth and a seventh for this year's draft. So, they are definitely in win now mode. If they do not win a ring this year or next year, it is a failed experiment, and they are screwed for years to come. Yeah, without question. you got to win this year. And so, it'll be curious to see kind of what happens with Von Miller if he tries to stay out there on a team-friendly deal, if they try to move some people around and get him back on a contract for at least another two to three years. So, that's definitely something to go for. Uh, as far as the Broncos go, um, I think the Teddy Bridgewater experiment is officially a failure. Yeah, Drew Locke has not looked good last year or this year. A lot of fans, I think, were kind of holding out hope. I was one of the guys that said that they should have started Drew Locke this year anyways because that we, we have I, to lose. I know what Teddy Bridgewater is. And against the 0-3 Jaguars team, God damn it, he looks like a top-five quarterback. But Let's not go too deep into the Broncos here because I am going to talk about them. Are we going to talk about them later? Okay, yeah. fair enough. They are I'll in my full take. I'll s- it's I'll- funny that I've done this take. Like This will be the third time now. We still have no and idea I what they still forgot, are. yeah. That's okay. So I'm going to cut the Broncos talk there so we can talk about them in a little bit. Uh, the last two things, obviously, the deals that almost happened, Odell was almost a saint. We talked to kind of briefed on that. Yeah, he, uh, he got sent home today he got sent home from brown's practice and i believe i saw a report kevin stefanski told him to stay home too like they were it was yeah he kevin stefanski was telling team the team that odell is basically not a part of this team anymore is what i think the direct quote was which basically means he's probably going to get cut here in the next couple days i would guess that's what that means uh he was almost sent to new orleans uh he was almost the same but his contract is heavy he's he's due 18 million dollars this year um, that's a problem for the Browns in general. Also, we'll talk about them and pump the brakes. Um, so he was almost a saint, which again, don't know why we're going after wide receivers when I don't have um, a quarterback really at this point. Right. Michael Thomas is officially out for the year. He did have a setback. Um, he, I believe, it was something with his foot. Did he tear his Achilles or was his, I, something like that? Yeah, it was either his ACL or his Achilles. He had a setback. He is officially done for the year. He's, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I just saw that today, so I cut him from like two or three of my fantasy leagues. But they're going to shut him down for the rest of the year and hope that he's back next year at full strength. Which I do think, talent wise, that he's a top five receiver in this league when healthy. Um, the whole slant boy thing, I'm, I've never really bought into it 100%. You just look at this guy's physical frame, and I'm like, there's no way in hell that this is what this guy does. What right. I saw more of was Drew Brees is 38-39. This is the only way that he can get the ball to Michael Thomas to let him you know, try to make a play because he can't put the ball downfield anymore. And I think we really saw that in his last year. So it's going to be a tough road for the Saints the rest of the year, but – Sean Payton's handled adversity before, and I'm sure that they'll they'll handle it again this they'll, year. They'll figure out a way to get by for sure. Yeah. Um, before we get into our hot and cold takes today, our quick sponsor, a quick word from our sponsor, Exotic Pop. They're a Houston-based company, and they are known worldwide as the Unique Beverage Boutique, offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity and individuality and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. 
From hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. So into our hot and cold takes. You want to start us off? Sure, I can start us off. All righty. Um, to answer our question from earlier, um, circling back on the Von Miller here. For my hot take, I have Von Miller will get 15 sacks this season. He's currently at four and a half sacks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm basically guessing he's going to get... 11 and a half in eight games? In eight, eight games eight here. Games. Um, I think the way the scheme is going to set up, you have to double Aaron Donald, right? So he's going to probably get the most one-on-ones that he's ever seen his entire career. Outside of his maybe the first eight games of his rookie season. Right, yeah. So... He's going to get a ton of one-on-ones this season, so I think his production can blow up. I wanted to be closer probably to 10 um, than 15, but I... It's got to be hot. It's got to be hot. So, and 10, it's like he's already on pace for. I, I genuinely think he's going to explode. I think this is a great move for them. Um, first off, it gives the Rams defense a pro bowler at every level. Yep. So on the off, on the defensive line, you have Aaron Donald, linebacker core. You have Von Miller. In secondary, you've got Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So you can't go wrong there. Um, I I love this move by them. It, it's really they, – they are going all in, but could you have gotten a Von Miller-like talent in the second or third round? Probably not. And even if you did, all your other guys would be too old for it to matter at that point anyways. They, you could have got a Von Miller guy in the second if you're extremely lucky. But by the time that guy was Von Miller ready and ready to go – Jalen Ramsey's 32. Aaron Donald's probably retired. So um, that that was that's always been the issue there. They were already kind of all in with right. the Stafford trade. Oh, they were. So it's kind of just they're staking an extra step into it, which I think if you're going to go all in, I mean, you truly have to go all in. Right. And I think that's what they're doing now. I mean, you don't have to. You can go all in with, like, the Cardinals aren't screwed for the next four years on picks. Yeah. And they, they kind of have gone all in. They haven't been given up. A, they didn't give up a ton for Zach Ertz. Like, yeah, they didn't. They, they, they signed J.J. Watt, obviously. Right. Um, They're going all in without completely throwing everything out the window. Yeah, they went for some smaller pieces, and I think they were AJ a little Green. bit. Yeah, the the biggest thing was they didn't have to go get a quarterback. Right. That was, that's definitely helped them out in the long run as A quarterback's well. always going to be the most expensive yeah. thing. And, and the Rams had kind of already done it, remember, because they dealt for Chandler Ramsey two, three years ago. Right. So they were already kind of down a couple first-round picks. So the the Rams are just kind of full, sent, full swing into it. And like I said, it looks really bad, but if you can get a ring, even one, they win it's it this year it. and they never get back, it's it's worth it. It's all worth it. If you for can sure. deliver a Super Bowl to your franchise, there is no cost that's too good, too yeah. big for that. For my cold take, I have the Broncos will fire Vic Fangio and trade for a quarterback. Um, so I, I mean, part of this theory that I have running here, you trade Von Miller, you get a second and a third, so you're loading up for draft picks. So you're gonna have a lot of picks that you're got gonna a be lot able of to day move. two stuff now. Yeah, so you're gonna be able to move quite a bit for whoever you go out and trade for. You fire Vic Fangio. I mean, he's gone. Old school guy. He hasn't should be gone. Out. He should be gone regardless at this point. Yeah, I think he's a top tier defensive coordinator. He Agreed. is a a F tier head coach at this yep. point. So he'll be gone, and whoever they bring in, will they'll let them pick their head coach. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers wants to come. Okay, Aaron, who do you want your head coach to be? You want to bring Russell Wilson in? Okay, we're going to give you a, a voice on on who your next head coach is going to be. Pete Carroll. 
Bring him with me. Yeah, probably not. He's probably <laughs> going to go an offensive guy. Yeah, definitely not. But, yeah, yeah I think uh, that is probably the way that that's going to work going forward. I definitely don't think it's a bad way to go. Even losing Vaughn Miller. Bradley Chubb is going to get healthy here soon. And Hopefully. you can scheme up. You should be able to scheme up a decent bit of pressure. And you get a second or third day edge rusher and you can hit on him. You yeah. can. You're never going to replace Vaughn Miller, obviously, but... With Bradley Chubb at full health, and you add a couple complimentary pieces here or there, and you get your goddamn quarterback, this team is set to win. This team, this team is pretty complete. Like you can't, like outside of a quarterback, this team is ready to go. So. Yeah, and there was they they were so ready to go that we thought that there was a chance that Teddy Bridgewater could get it done. Yeah, and through three games, he was getting it done. Yeah, there. I mean, there's still a chance. It, they're not completely out of the playoffs. I don't like their odds at all. But yeah, I don't like the odds, but with their division being as open as it is, it's, it's I not mean, out of the question. For definitely sure. not out of the question. So, um, my cold take this week: um, the Dallas Cowboys are kind of good at football. Um, this is a known fact. I took a couple digs. We've both taken a couple digs at the Cowboys yes. through our through our eight weeks. Um, I definitely took a, a sizable dig, even if it was a nonchalant. Right? We were talking about the Chiefs last week. I said this could be a case where one week, you know, one year they're the Chiefs to the best team of football, and one year they're the Cowboys, where they can't, you know, they should be the best, but they're not for some reason. They're still at eight and eight. Well, if you're the Dallas Cowboys right now, you're sitting pretty damn pretty. Um, they yeah. just took down the Vikings, who should be a playoff team on Thursday night football with. Or not on Thursday Night Football, Monday Night Football. Yeah. With Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback, That's who true. had less than a hundred snaps to his name as an NFL quarterback up until that week. It's such a talented team. It's like Micah Parsons is a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, Gregory Rousseau. Uh, he's pretty solid. I mean, not been bad. Yeah, Diggs has played well in the secondary. This is the thing is like this defense. They don't have Demarcus Lawrence has not played. He's not currently. That's what I'm thinking of. Demarcus Lawrence, yeah. not Gregory Russo. So like he's he's not even out here. So they're just scheming well. Keanu Neal's been a good signing in the offseason. He Michael always Parsons fits well with Dan Quinn. He could fit just about anywhere. He's such a versatile guy. Like he was he's the Isaiah Simmons type, yeah. but he's already been established. Right. Like he was a good strong safety. You know, like we could probably flex you into the linebacker spot. So now they're they're doing one of the two things that you need to do as a defense. They're creating turnovers, or you have to stop guys from scoring. If you let up forty, but you can get two or three picks and give your dynamic offense two or three extra possessions, it's always going to be a good thing. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's honestly the better thing for their defense to be doing at this point. You would rather, yeah, you just want the ball in your offensive hands. Like, I mean, you know that offense. I mean, even with Cooper Rush, they still put up. 20 points. 20 points, yeah. So with Dak Prescott and everybody healthy, like that team's going to put up 30 every week. So you just you just want to stop the other team from scoring and you want to give them more opportunities. So. You want to hold them like hopefully you can hold the team to 21. Yeah. And if if you let them go higher than that, try to get a turnover for every touchdown you allow after 21. If you let them get 28, at least get a pick or two back. Yeah. And they've done that this year. And, and I think that's been the biggest thing, yeah. Absolutely. Is as much as they've had to put up quite a few points, it's not always like a shootout, so right. to speak. So Dallas looks good, man. Um, hopefully, hopefully the injury bug stays away. That's kind of been their Achilles heel a little bit. As much as they may have not met expectations here or there, there's always one thing that goes sideways. There was obviously 
the Zeke suspension for eight games two or three years back. Dak got hurt last year. They they always like kind of lose a piece. This year they lost to Marcus Lawrence, but right now it hasn't affected them that much. Right, it's worked well. Yeah, so uh, they're pretty good. They sit atop the the NFC East, and they're definitely Super Bowl contenders right now. And how other teams have kind of stumbled and like jumped up and down, you can make an argument that this is currently the best team in the NFC. Yeah, so, I would say not a bad spot to be sitting in through eight weeks for sure. Um, my hot take, which will kind of lead us in into our pump the break segment this week. Um, my hot take is the Titans are not done for this year. I think, um, I think this is a team that has all capabilities and all weapons possible outside of Derrick Henry, obviously, to still make the playoffs. They've got to scheme the defense together a little bit better. Uh, their defense definitely cannot be letting up thirty points, as especially much as with Frable being their head coach, a defensive guy. Yeah, a defensive guy. Um, they add Adrian Peterson, obviously, who, no, he's not going to come in and rush for 2,000 or 1,200 yards. But I don't think they're not going to lose a beat with him. No. They're just going to throw him in, and he's going to be the same guy, rush for 1,500 yards the rest of the year. They'll be fine. You may you may lose uh, a half a step because, obviously, AP's not going to be able to go all four downs every single drive. I was joking, drive. by the way. I don't believe that. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but running back by committee, it's a pretty damn good power back to rely on yeah. going forward. Um, I like I like it going forward too. Like you said, and I'm, I'm gonna say this. You said it last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a really good one-two punch. Is Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson? Yeah, you have a chance to really like. You can really like slowly work Derrick Henry back in and not have to really worry about losing games. You can run him for first and second down and bring Adrian Peterson in for third or vice versa. You know, so it allows him to be super flexible going forward the rest of the year. And I think if Julio can get healthy, like this is. The biggest thing to me is, like, this is the test for Vrabel, for Tannehill, and yes. for Julio. If I'm a fan, like, figure it out. So, I mean, I, I agree with you, and I slightly disagree with you. I mean, the the pump to breaks was the Titans will miss the playoffs. Um, I'll say this. I think it's a test for Vrabel and Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I mean, Julio is a wide receiver, so he, he has very little control. I True. mean. Him being healthy and, and all of that matters, right? But yep. And he can get more open. But if Tannehill plays the way he's been playing, they will miss the playoffs. Fair he enough. has to step it up. The question is... He has are, to play the way he did last year. He played extremely well last year down the stretch. The question is, are you willing to bet on Ryan Tannehill being able to carry this team to the playoffs? Yes or no? And if you believe that he can, then great. They'll probably... you know, And you, it's not even carry them. He just has to maintain. Just get them there. Right. They're sitting at 6-2. and two. So if they go 4-4 four and four the rest of the season, they probably make the playoffs. Yeah. They, that might win that division right now. That's, I think, the biggest reason why I think they won't. Is now, if Carson Wentz's heroics wins them that game right. on Sunday, and now... They may only be at five and three compared to six and two, but that's a loss to the other team that is pr- that has a very strong chance of winning this division. It, yeah. So if if the Colts fall apart, there's no other team that wins this division because Houston's not going to come out of nowhere and win this division. No. Jacksonville's been out of it since they're, week two. They're both out of it. It's it's a question of either Carson Wentz has to get hot or the Titans sink enough to bear the ship. Yeah. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I just don't. I, I like Mike Vrabel. I think he's a great coach. I just don't think Tannehill's not special. I can't believe they paid him before. First of all, I can't believe they paid him as much money as they did. And then I definitely can't believe that they paid him before Derrick Henry. Yeah. That was the biggest. I was like, 
This guy just ran for 2,000 yards, and you're paying his quarterback and franchise tagging him. That makes zero sense. I mean, Time to see if you can, you know, fit the bill. To be fair, Tannehill is better than Mariota was because Tannehill's kind of gotten him over the hump where Mariota, they were always like an 8-8 eight eight team. They're an 8-8 eight eight team, make the playoffs, upset the Chiefs somehow, and then get destroyed the next week. Right, Like, and so Tannehill is better than Mariota enough to kind of get him over the hump. Um, and the, part of the reason that you don't pay Derrick Henry first is because Derrick Henry isn't like Derrick Henry wasn't enough when it was just Mariota. So if you lose Tannehill, who knows what the team becomes? Fair enough. I'll give you that. But I don't know. With the division sitting where it is, obviously winning that game against the Colts definitely helps. It'll be interesting. I sure. trust I trust in Mike Vrabel and I think I mean obviously Tannehill's not gonna come out and play like an MVP at all, but like right. I trust him enough to get the job done, I think. I think this could be one of those scenarios where Tennessee has a worse record than a wild card team. I yeah. I could see that. Scenario. If they make if they're a division champ, I can hundred percent I could bet on that. Like yeah. like there's a chance that, that happens uh it probably won't happen in the NFC, but like when you look at the Cardinals and the Rams, whoever makes the five seed out. In, oh, in it NFC, might happen. I mean the Rams or the Cardinals could only have like three losses and be a wild card team. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just uh, are you gonna bank on like the pa- the Packers, the Bucks, or the Cowboys to have <laughs> That's Less true. Losses that's than that. that's it's fair. Just, NFC is so damn good right now. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, into the rest of Pump the Brakes. Okay, next one I got for you is the Browns looked better with Case Keenum. I'm, de- I'm going to pump the brakes on this one. Um, he didn't play terrible. Definitely probably the, one of the most boring football games I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, it was boring. It was um, awful. Just Big Ben looks terrible. Case Keenum didn't look great. Neither team's weapons were jumping off the page. Yeah. It was a, a very boring Halloween game, to say the least. In Madden, this game is really entertaining, right? 100%. Yeah. Juju, you got Chase Claypool, you got Odell, you got Jarvis, you got all these weapons. Mm-hmm. And the game was just boring because the quarterbacks are so undynamic. 100%. And I'm not saying Case Keenum is necessarily better than Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. but I'm saying the value that you might get with Case Keenum. So you're paying Case Keenum... I think it's only like I think they're paying him ten million dollars this year. Yeah, which is insanely high for a backup quarterback. But I, I think he's worth that. He's a veteran guy. He's been around. He's been there. Um, it's something like that. Maybe it's eight million. But maybe versus what you're going to have to pay Baker Mayfield going forward. I yeah. just don't know if Baker may like. It honestly doesn't look good that he hasn't played very well. Like Baker Mayfield has to turn it around this season. Otherwise, if I'm the Browns, I'm not sure he's going to stick around. See, that's been the, that's always been the age-old issue the last two years. So, like, wow, the Browns look good. Baker Mayfield flipped the script. And they're like, is he a top-10 quarterback? No, he's 12. He's, like, right. he's in that 15 to 12, right outside the top 10. Right. But you're also like, what else do you need? I've given you I've given you Nick Chubb. I've given you a top five O line. Right. I gave you Austin Hooper, Odell, Kareem Hunt. Defense is an awful. We hit on Dearness Johnson. The defense is at least top fifteen, top half, you yeah. know. So it's just one of those things of like if you can't be a top quarterback here, where so what, what are we missing? I thought the Rams would be the first team to not give their rookie quarterback a big deal. Mm-hmm. I I mean with golf. With Goth. I, I honestly thought they would be the first team to go, okay, we're just going to blow it up and try to do it again with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Like, we can take a first-round rookie quarterback on a, such a cheap deal and build a good enough team around him to get by. Yeah. They didn't. They paid Goff, and then they blew it up to get Stafford. 
So if I'm Cleveland, I look around, I look at what the Rams did with Goff. They paid him. Goff was in that same boat where he was like a middle-of-the-road guy with a really good team. Yeah. You pay him, you can't put a middle-of-the-road team, around, a really good team around him. Yeah, and, and the difference was is that Goff got him to a Super Bowl. Right. Baker hasn't. Hasn't, right. And then so you look at that scenario, you look at Kirk Cousins, right? Like, they kind of the same boat of just like a middle of, like, that's what I think the comp for Baker Mayfield is, is Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's special. You know? I, I don't know. Because I, I like him. I really do. I want him to succeed. And I want, I don't know. I've always been a huge Baker guy, more than not. But it's just, it hasn't panned out so far. So I'm looking of where it is. And honestly, I kind of think it might be time to start looking at the receivers a yeah. little bit more often than not. Because, yeah, I get it. Odell's not getting the ball and he's getting 18. Jarvis hasn't looked great. He's getting 16. We paid Austin Hooper to have David Njoku lead the entire team in receiving yards. Yeah. But something is up here, and yeah. I, I don't think Baker can be the entire one to blame at this point. Well, you got to blame somebody. Somebody's got to get it, and I do think he is partially to blame for sure, Yeah, but I don't think he should shoulder the entire load. In my I don't opinion. think they'll get rid of Stefanski, but yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch for sure. So what's, what's the next one we got up? All right, next one we're going to talk about here is the Patriots are a playoff team. Um... So, to give you some some context here, um, Patriots are four and four right now. Uh, they are one spot outside of the playoffs here, with the Chargers being ahead of them at four and three. Four and three. They obviously hold the tiebreaker um, in that case scenario over the Chargers now that they've beaten them. But so you have the Chargers ahead of them at four and three, Pittsburgh Steelers ahead of them at four and three. And then the Bengals at five and three. Um, I'm leaning towards more yes than no. Um, the AFC isn't super deep right now when it comes to playoff teams outside of the division champs. Obviously, right? Obviously, you know you're thinking Baltimore wins the division or Cincy, whichever team doesn't win is obviously going to make the playoffs. Probably going to have one team come out of the AFC South, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have the Patriots. The Bills are going to win that division. The Patriots are vying for that wild card spot. The other two teams are, are non-existent. And then, really, all four teams still have a shot in the AFC West, but I don't see more than two teams getting out of the, the hole at this point. So let me let me give you their schedule. Panthers, Browns will be a super important game because that's going to have some wild card implications. Yep, implications yep. there. Falcons, Titans, you go at Buffalo – at the Colts, home for the Bills, you finish out Jaguars, Dolphins. So if they can split with the with the Bills, right? Let's say they win one. Even if they lose both of those, I think this team might only end up with six, seven losses somewhere in there. You know, I think ten and seven that might sneak them in. The thing, the thing that I'm kind of looking for at, at where they're currently sitting, I do think they're going to be a playoff team. So okay. I'm not, I'm not pumping the brakes on this at all. When I look at you're sitting at four and four, not a great spot, but you could definitely be worse. Mm-hmm. Look at the four wins, like the Jets doesn't matter, they're bad. Yep. Uh, the Jets again doesn't matter, they're bad. The Texans not going to make the playoffs. Yep. The Chargers that's a huge tie game. That was a huge win for them. So like not a ton of quality wins and stuff that's going to matter come playoff time. When you look at the losses, three of their four losses have been to NFC teams, which don't mean shit when it comes to tiebreaker games. Tiebreaker games. So like if their three losses was like Cleveland, the Chargers. 
Cincinnati and yeah. the Colts. Yeah, this is tough at this well, point. And they played all of those games so well. It was a one game, one possession game against Dallas that went to overtime. Yep. One possession game against the Buccaneers as well. And then a one possession game against Miami week one too. Miami week one. So like four Which of the- Miami's ripped off seven straight losses since that game. Yeah. So kind of a fluke more than not. Um and then the Saints game was a two touchdown game, but still that was Jameis Winston went off that game. Yeah, that was Week Three. It was twenty eight thirteen. Not a terrible loss, regardless. So you're looking like I think the Browns are a must win game. The Titans are a must win game. Any any AFC game that is not your division is a must win game, game at this point for, for sure. Me. Which like obviously the division games are already must win. Yeah. Um, but you can't lose to the Colts or the Titans or the Browns because those could drop you from. From the sixth spot in the in the AFC to the ninth spot, real quick. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch for I sure. I definitely I, I like their chances more than not. I don't like Pittsburgh holding on to a playoff spot. Definitely so not. above them, I think Cincy. Um, I think Cincy gets in. I don't think Pittsburgh holds on. Um, so I think they would really move the Chargers up and put the Patriots in at seven. And I think you might be looking at your playoff picture. It's there. it's the Patriots and then whoever the second team out of the AFC West and the AFC South are like the main competition. Because I think Cincinnati... Not the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I think Cincinnati and Baltimore are probably pretty well in, obviously. But it's kind of hinging on the rest of those teams around. You don't mean the South. The South is... Uh, the Colts and... The Colts and Titans. I mean, I could see the Titans and the Colts still making it. Like, I think... Colts are 3-5. and five. I mean, there's... It's going to be a tough over. turnaround. Yeah. I don't see both teams making it. I do see both teams in the hunt come week 16, 17, I think. I think the, the North, so... Or, the, I'm sorry, the East, the West, and then the North, all three of them get one... Get two playoff teams in. Gotcha. Yeah, is what I think will happen. I could definitely see. That. I think the only way that I mean, if the Colts can somehow turn around, the Titans hold, and then also maybe if the Browns can figure it out going forward, yeah, they, they could definitely be a team that surprises. They're definitely well. not out. So, right. next one I got for you: the Lions are the best winless team in history. I didn't come up with this myself, mm-hmm. um, but it is an interesting argument to be had for sure. Uh, Jared Goff is not like he's not a good quarterback, but he's not necessarily like an awful. If you think about the winless Lions teams they've had in the past, he was the highest paid quarterback in NFL history at one point in time. Right, that is a headline that was true. He's been the quarterback on a Super Bowl team. How many winless teams can say that? Not many. DeAndre Swift is pretty solid coming out of there. Um, Jeff Okudo is a bust. Um, I hate to see that, but. Is what it is. Trey Flowers has been disappointing to say the least, but there's talent on that roster. I don't look at that roster and go, "Wow, it's a complete rebuild." Like to me, the the thing that that makes this argument now, granted, it looks so much better before they got absolutely destroyed by the yeah, Eagles know, last week. Bad. So this this you know you told me this last week, I would have been like, "Yes, I do think they are." Yeah, and I think they're not going to be winless this week after Philly somehow. Philly hangs forty four on him. Don't say, don't say somehow. Yeah, don't disrespect my boy Jalen Hurts like that. Well, I don't know. He had like nine fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, they, he had their the team had their best offensive game, and somehow and he, he had, had his worst. worst. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look good for him. But when I look at their win, their not their wins and losses, just their losses. Obviously, I'm looking. You know, the close game against the Niners where they made that push in the final five minutes. You know, you only lose by two touchdowns to the Packers, who are a Super Bowl contender. Um, you lose by on a on a record setting game winning field goal uh, to the Ravens in week three. 
you lose by 10 points to the Bears, um, and then you lose by two again to the Vikings. Uh, it's a bad loss against the Bengals, obviously. You keep it within nine points against the Rams. So, like, they're holding their own decently. Like, they, they only lost two games by two possessions or more up until Philly last week. Okay. To give you some context here, and I'm only going to talk about the recent 15 teams that have been 0-11 since 1970. So you had the 2020 Jets. They're better than them. Yep. Without question. The 2019 Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't realize that team started off that bad. That yeah. that might be a contender because that was AJ Green, Andy Dalton. You would have. I mean, rookie or Zach Taylor was. I think that was his first year. His first year as head coach. Yep. Uh, 2017 Cleveland Browns. Um, oh, but that team was awful. Who am I kidding? That yeah, that team. The 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 two Browns teams that are on there are pretty freaking awful. Yeah, that's a terrible team. The 2011 Colts. That was the year that they didn't have Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck yet. Uh, well, that was the year that got him, and they got Andrew Luck because they had because a top of five that, pick. that draft. But yeah, I don't think that team was very good. The 08 Lions, which we know was just horrible. Yeah. The 2007 Miami Dolphins. Interesting. The 2001. See, this is when you get too old. You know, the 2001 Detroit Lions. Oh, the 2000 San Diego Chargers with Ryan Leaf, too. Wow. So I don't think that's a crazy claim. I, I, I like pieces on this team. I think there's some teams that you would maybe say, like, oh, I like some pieces as well. I mean, Andy Dalton. Would you take Andy Dalton? Would you take mid-2017 mid Andy Dalton, or would you take Jared Goff? I would probably take Jared Goff. That is the most push conversation. It's, I've yeah, ever it's had. The, the just being a Ravens <laughs> fan and seeing what Andy Dalton was. I would take Jared Goff, but like what I also the Lions have had their fair share of injury issues. Jamal Williams has missed a couple weeks, yeah. being their second back. DeAndre Swift hasn't missed a game, but hasn't been one hundred percent for two or three of their games. I like they him lose a lot. Tyrell Williams, who is supposed to be their number one wide receiver. Yeah, um, Quentin Cephas was a. Dud for two weeks, and then he got sent to IR. Frank Ragno's the best center in football. He got sent to IR. Tyrell Crosby was a starting right tackle. He's on IR. The list goes on and on. Um, Sean Dion Hamilton and Romeo Acara are both starting starters in their linebacker core are on IR. And now, obviously, Jeff Okuda and Corey Ballantyne in their secondary are both on IR as well. So, like, they've had a string of injury runs, and I don't think this team would be winless had they had full health. Full health. I would agree. Do you get the guy on TikTok who just is like, I don't even care about golf, dude. You, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. You, know. you get him? Yeah. He's like, he's hilarious. What are you looking at? Oh, I'm just looking at the, or I don't, I'm just looking at the Stafford jerseys, dude. The guy from Detroit. Yeah, he's like, what around town is? Golf's got frosted tips, man. It's over. We're not winless <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. I love, yeah, it's, I love football TikToks. They're so great. That, that's a good one. It makes my days. Um, Next one I got for you is the Broncos should sign Cam Newton. This is an interesting one. You want to save the season right now? Sign him. Yeah, I think if it goes any deeper than you currently are at this moment in time, it's pointless. But, like, if if you're like, all right, last-ditch effort, we've got to do something. We're currently sitting at 4-4. Four and four. We did just beat the football team. Um, it Can someone explain to me? Like, I mean, I'm slightly bothered the fact that Cam Newton hasn't been signed somewhere, um, to be honest with you, 
for a couple of reasons. At least hasn't. I don't think anybody's even reached out to him. That's the part that bothers me. Maybe not the yeah. signing part, but like you're telling me there's zero interest. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure teams are keeping it on the DL. But the Jets traded for Joe Flacco. Cam Newton's a better option than Joe Flacco at this point. Apparently, Mike White's better than both of them. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but. but I'm just I'm just shocked. Like if I'm if I'm a team that goes, man, we have not met expectations this year. Like the Broncos, based on quarterback play, you're not like. Listen, if you want to start Drew Locke the rest of the year, I'm not going to shame you for it. See what you got there. You have nothing else to lose at this point. You might as well go all in on it. But if you if if I'm Vic Vangio and I'm coaching for my job right now. I am on the phone. I'm getting Cam Newton ready to start. Not this week, but the following week. Yeah. There's no reason not to. Don't put him in against Dallas, but I'll run him out there against Philly. I think the only thing that, that would stop me as a head coach at this point from doing this, if I was Vic Vangio, the the stories that bothered me from New England that I heard, that, that truly was like, that I don't. The fact that like he kind of struggled to learn the playbook a little bit was the big story I heard. That's like if I'm gonna bring you in midseason, like you gotta be. Well, so there's got to be some type of quick learn ability. You can't here. get too. You can't read too much into that because Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco. I'm not sure what he goes by now. I will always call him Chad Ochocinco. He I don't care. didn't play at all for the Patriots because of the fact he was never able to figure out that playbook. Yeah, you have to be like Patriots want a certain type of guy because their playbook just is random like they change it week to week there isn't like there's a base playbook obviously right yeah. but like have to be willing to adapt you have to be willing to put in time consist like a lot of veterans that come onto that offense like don't stick and don't don't do great because they're like holy shit this is so complicated yeah Vic Fangio is definitely not uh, that complicated offensively I can't imagine so I mean and I it now if they lose to the Cowboys they lose to the Eagles Forget it. Start Drew Lock the rest of the year. Figure out if he's your guy or not, which I think we already know he's not. But yeah. give me the 100%. Give me the he is definitely not the guy. I know that. The last thing I really want is going into the offseason with a losing record, no chance to make the playoffs, you know, eliminated early. And also, I'm like, Drew Lock might still be the guy. Right. That is the worst possible thing because it's going to scare you out of taking a quarterback again, just like it did last year. Yeah. Justin Fields and Mac Jones could definitely be quarterbacks for the Broncos right now. One of the two. Yeah. And I because think the, of the Broncos might be a playoff team with Mac Jones right now. You hundred percent. I don't I, I I would think that they would be. Yeah. And I think they may have struggled a little bit early with, with Justin Fields, but I think they're probably sitting about right right now where they are with Fields, same spot they would be with Bridgewater at four and four. And uh, and maybe I know not that, that good, but like I guarantee you they probably would have started three and zero. I think still. Because obviously it's the, the you had the zero and three Giants, the zero and three Jaguars, and zero and three Jets to yeah. start the year. Definitely the cushiest three games I've ever seen in my life. But as a Broncos fan, I'm extremely upset for them, and I think the biggest thing is like figure out if these guys are it or not. I cannot have a question mark. I can have a question mark of who my guy is for the future, but I can't have the question mark of is this guy that's currently on my roster the guy? I've got to figure that out. Or I've got to make the playoffs. One of the two. Okay, hang on one second here before we move on. I just want to, just to give some kind of context here. Sorry, I'm pulling up the stats. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater this year, and I think he missed one game. Right, he got he got knocked out. I don't know if he started against the Steelers or not. I know that he got knocked out in the Ravens game. 
Uh, he got knocked out in the Ravens game. He did play against Pittsburgh. He played against Philadelphia. So I don't think he's missed a full game yet. Okay. He has 1,900 yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, a QBR rating of 48.4. Mm. Mac Jones has 1,900 yards, nine touchdowns, six interceptions, and a QBR rating of 52.9. So yeah. pretty much the same quarterback for the most part. Yeah. But the difference is one of them's a rookie, and this is his first year playing in the NFL, and one of them's a season vet. So, um, yeah, I would say they're probably in the same spot if they have Mac Jones, but they have a brighter future at least, right? You're, yeah. you're working towards something. 100%. So... I don't know how I feel about the Broncos going forward. Again, the Cam Newton thing has got to happen now, I think. Yeah. Because if you win the next two games, there's no need. But if you lose the next two games, it's going to be a hard push. You're basically almost going to have to win out at that point to make the playoffs. So there's no point of, of bringing him in. If Cam Newton's not on a roster by next week, I don't think it'll happen for him this season. I, I would, I'm shocked that the Saints aren't trying to make that call. At least do what everybody else has done. Oh, we'll bring you onto the practice squad, and if it works, it works. Right. Like that's bring them the, for a workout. The somewhere. Ravens did it with Le'Veon. Um, Adrian Peterson actually was technically signed to the Titans practice squad originally. Oh, really? He was pretty much almost immediately activated. But yeah, so like oh, that's happened quite a bit this year. So it definitely wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the Broncos to give it a shot at this point. Um, last one I got for you. We got to be somewhat quick here if we're gonna try to get to our NBA stuff. Okay. The Vikings will sneak into the playoffs. I know that's hard coming off a loss. I was but... like coming off a loss to Cooper fucking Rush. It's definitely tough to say it now. Um. So when I exclude the five teams that I know will definitely hundred percent make the playoffs. Obviously, you have your four division winners, and then whoever the second team in the NFC West is, yep, all make it. At least two spots open. The Vikings are vying for that spot. Yep. Saints. The Saints vie for that spot. The Panthers. And then whoever comes out of the blue, I guess. There's going to be some team that is 49ers, not... Falcons, There's There's Eagles. one. The third team is a team that is not in position currently to make the playoffs, but will turn it around from a 3-5 and five start or a 4-4 four and four start. Seattle, Chicago. Yeah. Like, yeah. Seattle gets Russell Wilson back quickly. It might be Seattle. I don't think they'd make it, but I think they could make the push for it. The only 4-4 four and four team in the NFC is Carolina. I do think the Vikings will make the playoffs at this point, just because I don't, I don't know who else does. Who, who's the six and the seven seed? If it's not the Vikings, it's got to be the Saints, and then it's either. I, I really, I think it's the three of them. So I think the Saints, Panthers, and Vikings are three. Those three teams are fighting for two spots, and like you said, I mean the Eagles are three and five, Seattle's three and five, Chicago's three and five. I don't necessarily see that being flipped around. I can see one of those teams, like I can see one of those teams pushing, but I don't know if they could get it done. San Francisco, unless they have some kind of big turnaround, um, you know what I mean? Maybe. And the Falcons, there's potential there for them to flip it around. Falcons could flip. Yeah, I think the Niners to Seattle could flip. It shows how top heavy the NFC is. Yeah, the first, the top five seeds are all Super Bowl contenders, and then after that, you're like, I don't even know who's going to make the bottom two yeah, seeds. Like it's so open. I could see, I could see any of those teams. I mean, the 49ers, I I see less likely to make the team, but you know, I only know. see that because Kyle Shanahan's their head coach. Yeah, that's that's the reason that door is open to me, is because if he can catch fire with Trey Lance at the right time, who knows? And it's and it's all because. The reason that the door is not closed on so many teams is because no one has closed it. Like, right. there's not a a New England and a Cincinnati and a 
and an Indianapolis and a and a Denver slash Raiders slash Chiefs slash Chargers to shut the door. Right. You know that's that's why that door is so open right now to me. Um, games we've got to watch out for Week Nine: uh, Packers Chiefs. Definitely going to be a little less exciting now. Yeah. Obviously, with Aaron Rodgers down with COVID, um, could be a good confidence builder for the Chiefs if they come out and beat the Packers. You know, even without Rodgers, I mean, who knows? Maybe Jordan Love balls out. It might be interesting enough to watch. I don't know if they've announced is is Love going to start or who? I don't know who else you'd put out there at this point. I don't know. I don't even know who who their backup quarterback I think is. Kirk Benkirk, I believe, is their third string quarterback. The I, hell is that? I only know him because he also does like Twitch streams. Oh, okay. just kidding! They don't have a third quarterback on their active roster currently. Oh, so it's got to be it's it's got to be Jordan Love or somebody they activate from a practice squad this week at this point. Okay, Kirk Benkirk is on their practice squad, I believe. Um, Jordan Love, okay, yeah. Um, Kirk Benkirk does like a lot of Twitch streams okay. and like he he plays a lot of Madden and so like this is him obviously just an absolute stud, stud. on the football field. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you look at his picture. Um, but, like, he's like, this is what, like, he kind of, so what he does is he plays quick games online as the Packers, and he'll sub himself in, his 55 <laughs> overall, and he'll beat people because he's like, this is how you just, you know, you leverage the coverage with this receiver going this way and this way, and, like, plays like an NFL quarterback would, huh. and he beats people with his 55 overall self in Madden. Kind of entertaining. It's entertaining and it's fucking impressive as shit. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to have Jordan Love's kind of, big game debut here against the the Chiefs. So If Jordan loves the guy and also which receivers can they have back? Because right. if they have Devontae Adams, anything's possible at this point, especially against the Chiefs defense. If you are if you are a Aaron Jones or a Devontae Adams owner in fantasy, start him. Right. <laughs> and if you need a quarterback and you feel like just rolling the dice, you're four and four, you got nothing to lose, pick up Jordan Love, throw him in there. Because this Chiefs defense is god awful. Yeah, that's true. Rams Titans, I think it'll be a good chance for the Titans approve what they got without without Derrick Henry. Yeah, and it's definitely going to be one of their tougher tests, obviously, having it against that defense. Yeah. Obviously, the pressure ticks up even more. Von Miller's out there. Uh, not 100% confirmed if he, he will start this week. Sometimes they take that extra week to get him acclimated to the playbook and, a little yeah, bit. Get, get adjusted. One thing that I completely just thought of is, like, we talked about all the things, the single blocks and everything with Aaron Donald, like, can you imagine how conditioned he's going to be going from Denver to L.A.? Oh, yeah. He's going to be. <laughs> he's going to play in SoFi Stadium, oh, which is. It's an open roof dome, isn't it? It's an open roof dome. Nowhere near at the elevation that Denver That's was true, at at yeah. all either. So, like, this guy is like Michael Phelps going into the Olympics. His motor might be better. Yeah. And then the last game I've got is the Browns versus the Bengals. Which is, uh, that game's going to matter. Massive wild card, and it could be division implications as well, depending on who ends up coming out on top at the end of the year. Yeah. I think uh, if you're you're the Bengals, you've got to bounce back from losing from the Jets. And if you're the Browns, you've got to bounce back from losing to Pittsburgh. You've got to right the ship in general. If the Browns beat the Bengals, the wild card becomes very interesting all of a sudden. So cloudy. And if the Bengals are able to beat the Browns, it might put the Browns kind of out of it a could put bit. the Browns out of it and it could really like catapult the Bengals into a really really good shot to, to win the division at that point yeah. if they can because they've already beaten the Ravens once they've got the one tiebreaker game over them obviously there's still the second to come but makes things all ever so interesting at this point yeah 
into the NBA. Into the NBA, we've got we've got a solid fifteen minutes. Okay, so we a little bit more than last time. Yeah, but somehow we'll still go over. Yeah, we probably will somehow <laughs> end up pushing it. Um, I, and we wrote these and did not modify them, right? No. So we understand that the NBA season is what three weeks in now. Yeah, two three weeks in, we're probably about ten games, maybe ten games in at this point. So we wrote this uh, like. Like three days I think into the we're season, like two games in, yeah. yeah, and we have not changed them, right? So nope. keep in mind if you if you hear some of these and you're gonna be like, well, that guy's playing. Like I already look like an idiot for my Heat take. Like <laughs> Tyler Hero's balling out this year, yeah, and he's I'm, playing very well. And I trash the guy, so you know sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That um, is the the moral of our job. The so. the NBA is definitely a secondary sport for me, so I would say I know a little bit more about. Uh, football than I do about the NBA. I'm still a passionate fan, but um, yeah, so keep in mind that we haven't modified these, so some of them you're going to like listen and you're going to be like, wow, what are these guys thinking? Talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, this is what it is. Want to uh, go 8-1? to 8-1. to one. Back Let's, and forth like uh, we did? Yep. Okay. You want to go first or you want me to? Uh, you go first. Okay. So I have the Mavericks in my 8th spot. Definitely a little bit lower than I originally thought I was going to put them. When I look at this team... Um, they're obviously it's gonna be their first year without Rick Carlisle since I don't even. He's been a coach a long time. Yeah, he's been their coach for a very, very long time. I um, love the Jason Kidd hire, personally. I don't know how you feel about it. I I think it'll be interesting. I definitely think there's gonna be a learning curve. So I wouldn't say that I don't like it. I may not like it for the first year or so, mm-hmm. but I think it will eventually get there. Um, I still think there's a lot of growing pains for Luca to go through at this point. I think it's going to cost him a couple games. Granted, it's going to win him a couple games. Right. Probably win him four or five games. I do think it's probably going to lose him a solid five to ten games even. Um, I, I was a Jason Kidd fan growing up as a kid, and I think I've talked about this. A little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, what he did in Brooklyn, I, well, they, they were Brooklyn at that point when he coached the Nets. Um, when he coached them, yeah. Yeah. What, what they did, what he did in Brooklyn as a coach was impressive, you know what I mean? But that team just got old fast. Mm-hmm. Um and then to hear Giannis's reaction when they fired him in Milwaukee, like how upset he was, and I honestly think he kind of revitalized Jabari Parker's career to a certain extent. Of, yeah, a little bit. He got Jabari Parker going on the right track. So I think as a young coach to help develop players out, um, I think he's a great fit. So that's why I do like him to kind of help take Luca to that next step to figure out. If if I had to pick one point guard to teach a young point guard how to pass, Steve Nash or Jason Kidd would be. Yeah, if there's any guy out there to teach me how to get a triple double, it's as, good, it's going to be one of those two guys. Yeah, so, so I I like that fit there. So I I have him a little bit higher in mine. I just like Luca a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. So. Yeah, I I love Luca. Don't get me wrong, but I do think that he's still playing that superhero ball kind of, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to cost him a couple games early. So. I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him higher than the eight seed, but I could see him this low for sure. Um, my eight seed, I have the Clippers. Uh, I think even with uh, Kawhi Leonard shutting it down for for the year, not playing, I think Paul George is good enough to sneak him into an eight seed. You had a miss in the playoffs, which I was a little surprised by. I actually, I know, I have them. I have them in there. They're they're seat higher. Oh oh shoot! Never mind. All right, so. never mind. Whoa whoa yeah. whoa whoa! I whoa. thought about it. I thought I originally I had him higher, but then you were like Kawhi's out for the year, and I did not hear that up until when you told yeah, me. Yeah, Kawhi's not. So. My, from my understanding, Kawhi's not playing at all this he year. He shut it down the whole year. Yeah, you're right, hundred percent correct. So I think Paul George is good enough to have him sneak in as an eighth seed. 
Um, I don't like much else about this team, if we're being honest. They're definitely a team that's going to slip the 7 or the 8 or they're going to miss. They're going to miss. They're going to be close in there. Because even if he comes out and plays like the MVP candidate that he did in OKC for the year, the West is just pretty so deep. It's it's hard for him to get them any higher than 7. I think himself. we should, I think we should, while we're here, uh, teams that we had just missing um, in the West... Neither one of us had the Pelicans making it. Yeah, no, I think they're definitely still a couple years off. Doesn't matter how much talent you put on that team. They're bad. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a cursed city at this point. I'm waiting for them to move the franchise because uh, nothing is won. Same thing in Sacramento. Obviously, I don't have them missing directly outside. I have the Grizzlies just outside the playoffs. Yeah, I don't. I you, We're going to talk about them a little bit, but I think they're another team. I think those are my three teams that kind of – Clips here and there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the problem with the Pelicans is, one, they haven't done Zion any favors by switching the head coach, like, every year. No. Um, they need to find they need to find a Tom Thibodeau-esque guy who's going to work really well with young players and kind of build them up. Um, but, I yeah, I think the Pelicans are just on the outside. Who's the... Uh, oh, you had the Grizzlies was the other team. Yeah, the Grizzlies were my, my, really, my one team that I had, like, just missing. Um, and I think the Trailblazers are a team that I have in that you have missing as well. I think, I mean, I, when I wrote this, my mindset was they're going to trade Dame at some point. Okay. Which, yeah, if they do hundred percent, not making the playoffs. Yeah. So I think when I wrote this, I have them trading Dame to somewhere else. I don't know where, but, um, I'm assuming Dame, Dame's not going to play there the whole season. I think I kind of had him predicting getting off to a rough start and him going finally, being the guy of like, okay, get me out of here. I can't do this anymore. I could be wrong. He might play there the whole year, but uh, I don't see that happening. For my seven seed, um, did you already say your seven seed? I did not. Okay, yeah, Wait, you go think, ahead. So my seven seed, I do have the Clippers. Yep. Obviously, tying in right where you're at, is we we talked about them quite a bit. I think Paul George has enough to get him in. I definitely would not see be surprised to see them sitting at nine and like the Grizzlies and the Mavericks or yeah. you know, whoever your seven and eight are. Um, but Paul George is good enough to get it done. And I think this is truly a chance to show that as much as he may be a two to Kawhi Leonard, he is definitely a one option in this league going forward. I think he should be that level of player. I think he is that level of player, and it's time for him to prove that he can be that level of player. So I'd be curious to also see if the Clippers are like buying at the deadline, if they trade, you know, if they're selling at the deadline or kind of what their team mindset is going forward. But I do have them slipping my seventh seed right yeah. now. And who knows, Paul George, or not Paul George, Kawhi Leonard uh, is up for a contract. He's got he, he's probably going to opt out. So. Yep. Um, for my seven, I have the Grizzlies. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit on the show. I'm a big Ja Morant guy. I like him quite a bit, too. I think uh, I think he's a stud. I think he's proving to be the best player out of that draft so far. Um, and I think R.J. Barrett's uh, second behind him, and I think Zion's kind of in the third, which is crazy to say. Never would have guessed that in a million years. But a really good, good solid top three there. But, yeah, I like Ja Morant a lot. Um I mean, and he's balled out so far this season. Um, and everything about the kid I like. I think he's a leader. He feels like a guy in in two years we're going to talk about a true number one. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 Shay's going to love me for saying this. Just That's true. Him up. He will. 
But I mean, I have. I mean, I also think I probably have John Morant ranked higher as an individual player than most people do. So 100%. I think he's going to elevate the team to that. Because I, I think we talked about that off mic, and you do have him a lot higher than I do. I like him a lot too. Um, but again, this is a team that I definitely see in that seven eight, and that could be the nine range. Yeah, um, that's where I'm sitting. Is right at the right at the peak on mine. Uh, six seed for me. I have the Portland Trailblazers, which is the team that you had missing. Um, Obviously, I'm thinking they hold this team together. Um, I like this team quite a bit. I like the depth that they have. Obviously, losing Carmelo Anthony is going to hurt a little bit. But I just I look at what this team currently has on their roster, and the center spot is a little thin when it comes to heights, definitely. Um, But I have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Robert Covington is there now, and Yosef Nurkic at the five. All healthy. I really do like that starting lineup a lot. I love Robert Covington come playoff time as a 6'8", do-it-all guy from any levels of the court offensively and defensively. They still have Anthony Simmons, Dennis Smith Jr. as their third-string point guard, Tony Snell, Larry Nance Jr., and Cody Zeller um, are all there as well. And that's an okay roster. I just don't think that team got any more dynamic than they were last year. I would would somewhat agree with you. I don't know. I really just like – I think – they're going to do what the Trailblazers do, which is start the season like 25 and 35, 25 and 40, and yeah. then just burn. And if somebody else slips at the end of the year, I think this is the team that could snag the eight seed pretty well. I did put them up a little high originally when I looked at their roster. But this is a team that I think if you if the, if the race is close at the end of the year, if it's the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, and the Clippers are all vying for the eight seed, two are going to miss – this is the team that I would kind of bet on going forward. I just worry about that team. So last year, like scoring was a strong suit, right? Mm-hmm. And you lose Mello, who, I mean, I'm not saying Mello's like a starter for any team anymore, but he is going to come off the bench and give you 10, 15. 15 to 20 a night. He's averaging 19 a game right now. Yeah, night, like he, he is a viable. Uh, they had Cantor last year too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so they lose Cantor, who is a really good, like an underrated scoring center in the All, league Offensively, right he's one of the much, very, very underrated centers. The only thing is, is he is god-awful defensively. Yeah, he's a liability on the defense. So you, this team is less dynamic offensively than they were last year. Yep. And that's the reason that I, I don't think they're going to get off to a good start. And When I look at where, where we're at now, obviously, after I wrote, you know, two, three weeks after, two weeks after we wrote this, like, Dame's currently only averaging 18 a game, which definitely isn't going to get it done in the long run. Yeah. He's been one of the superstars that has struggled with the new foul rules that they're having, James Harden being another one. So it'll be interesting to see how he adapts and... Um, with him struggling individually and the team struggling, it'll be curious to see if he keeps that I'm in Portland mindset or yeah. if he's going to bail for the deadline. I think there's been too many rumbling, rumblings of it, and I think eventually the dam's going to give. Um, yep. For my sixth seed, I had the Suns. Um, I have having a little finals hangover. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with falling all the way to a sixth seed for them. I think they outperformed their talent last year. I will okay. say that. I think Devin Booker is a really good player. I don't know if he's as good as he played last year. He very well might go out and prove me wrong this year. And, and I'm all for watching that happen. Yeah, like go ahead and ball out again and and be it. But Chris Paul's another year older. That's not going to help your, your stance whatsoever. Um, I do like Aiton a lot. I, I think he gets – I mean, all the big guys get slept on now, unlike, unless you're Joel Embiid. Yeah. Just because they just hold such little value. Um, 
I love the JaVale McGee ad. Yes. I think it's a big thing. Now, when I look at their roster as is, if they all can play to the level they did last year, basically what I'm saying is if you add JaVale McGee to that finals roster last year, I think they take down the Bucks in six or seven games. They I have do. a better shot, for sure. I think that was where they really got killed, was they lost Kamninski, which definitely just depletes. They have DeAndre Ayton's the only player over 6'10", I believe, at that point. Right, yeah. So now, obviously, you want Ayton to slide out on Giannis, and that's leaving Jay Crowder most more often than not down low to guard Brooke Lopez. And as good as Jay Crowder is... He can't guard Brooke that's Lopez. A, that's a four- to five-inch height difference yeah. on a on a back-to-the-basket big who knows how to do it against guys that are seven feet tall. You say Brooke Lopez. He is a better shooter than people give him credit 100%. for. It. Oh, when it comes to offensively, he might be my favorite guy to watch yeah. because he can go down and put his back to the basket and give you a post fade like it's like it's Tim Duncan in 06. Right. But then the next time down, you'll see him pick and fade like he's Dirk and hit a three. Yeah, He's hit eight threes in a game multiple times in the last couple of years. He, like, he is one of those guys that adapted really well. Like He used to be a back to the basket guy and has gotten better his range has extended more and more and more ever like the the craziest stat was like through the first eight or nine years of his career he had like a total of eight threes and then year 10 he had like 240 yeah. like you're talking about extending your career if he doesn't learn how to shoot a three he's out of the league yeah I have no doubt in my mind absolutely he doesn't bring a ton defensively he's obviously a big anchor getting switched out onto guards like that's where the suns created the advantage in the finals was screen switch Devin Booker, Chris Paul shooting that mid-range over the top of Brooke Lopez was easy. Yeah. But offensively, he's an animal. So I like the Suns going forward. They are my five seed. Yeah. I feel like I've talked about them enough. So I have the Suns sitting in my five seed a spot ahead of where you have them at six. Um, five, I have the Mavericks. We've talked about them a lot. I like the Jason Kidd hire. Um, I'm hoping part of me is banking on them going on the trade deadline and getting somebody Being else. aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely what they need to do to kind of, kind of – Get over the next hump that they have. Porzingis isn't a good enough two. I like Porzingis as a three. You know, I like him in the Kevin Love spot, if you will, right? Fair enough, yeah. You have Luka, who can be your solid one. You need a good two. And I like Porzingis is going to be one of those guys that he's going to play third fiddle on a really good team. I think he's the best third fiddle that you could ask for. Yeah, Because he brings the shooting as a big, and also being 7-3, being able to block shots as well. Yeah, he's a good defensive player too, but he gets hurt all the time. They they need some help there. 100%. Um, your four seed. My four seed, I do have the Denver Nuggets, um, which obviously you're going to talk about them here in a little bit. Um, I like the Nuggets a lot, obviously having their MVP from last year, Nikola Jokic. Or not, did he win MVP last year? Yeah, he did. He did, okay. Um, Jamal Murray is currently still out. Um, I think that's kind of the reason. He's still on an indefinite timetable. He got hurt in the playoffs last year. Usually that torn Achilles keeps you out for a full calendar year, which means he wouldn't be healthy until the first or second round of the playoffs again this year. That's kind of the reason I had them sliding down a little bit. But this is a team that is definitely built to win depth-wise. Monte Morris is there. Somehow... um, Camposano's come in and played decent minutes. Will Barton, Austin Rivers, Michael Porter Jr., PJ Dozier, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Jermichael Green, and Nikola Jokic. The only thing I don't like is they don't really have a, a reliable center at at this um, a backup center. Right. Jermichael Green and Jeff Green are both great options at the three and the four. Don't really have the backup at the center spot, but Definitely, Bull Bull is waiting in the wings at some point. He's been in and out of the G League, kind of hurt here and there. Yeah. And it's definitely another team that could buy at the deadline as well. Yeah. Um, for my four, I have the Warriors. We're going to we got to speed up just a little bit here. We're okay. right at our 90-minute mark. Um, I've got the Warriors at a four. 
I think they're a really under the radar team. I think as Wiseman gets back healthy, I think when Clay Thompson gets back healthy, I think this team is a legitimate contender team. I think they're only going to make it to the four just because you don't have Clay Thompson right now. To to give you the perspective, I get it's a small sample size to work with. Clay Thompson's still out. They're currently five and one to start the year. Right. Never a bad spot to be in. Uh, they've been playing with Kevon Looney, who's done his job for the last two to three years. They've had him. Draymond's still there. Jordan Poole's playing out of his mind. Damian Lee's been a nice surprise. So, like, an Otto Porter Jr. fits that system perfectly. They bring yeah. Andre Iguodala back into the set. So, like, if they can make the playoffs, this is a team that, rotation-wise, I love this team. Yeah, they they went out with all their draft picks that they had. They went out and added the right pieces, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. They um, didn't hit the home run shot, but they got yes. they got four doubles they, sitting. They got waiting. guys that you want to add. I think Wiseman gives them a true five, like a really good five in the middle there to play with. Yep. Um so I like a lot about this. I think Steph Curry played like a top three player in the league last year. 100%. Carried this team. I think with the help, adding more pieces to the rotation, I, I really like this team. I just think the only reason I'm at four, if Clay Thompson played all year, they might be my one seed. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I believe I have them as my three seed. Yes, you do. I mean, you so, hit the nail on the head. The depth is the thing that I love about this team. Obviously, yeah. adding Clay, they only get better. I have Jordan Poole, Damian Lee. Um, and even the like the guys they drafted this year, Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody, are both sitting at like fourth and fifth string on their death chart. Right, and they're not sitting behind bums. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So like, I think last year was kind of a really good year for them because Steph was allowed to do his thing. And another thing is like it let a lot of these young guys build a lot of experience. Yeah, and a lot of whether it was you know meaningless regular season experience or not, these guys should be ready come playoff time. Yeah, I, I like their roster a lot. At my three, I have the Utah Jazz. Uh, I'm not sure why I put them so low. To be honest with you, I just I, sometimes I, you have a gut feeling about it. I just don't. I mean, I I just go back and forth on this team of. You know, they're every year they're the young team that ends up with a top three seed, and they're oh they're just not experienced enough to make it in the playoffs. And at some point, those teams either get really good and win a championship, like the Bucks did, or they fall off and they fall off and get blown up. The problem is, and I, I really like Donovan Mitchell. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't know if he's like a leader. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's a one option. He's a, yeah. And the thing is, like, you can you can win titles without having a true one option, but you've got to have like four twos, right? Like you have got to be set everywhere, and you can't get hurt. You have to have a decent head coach, and you have to have the right matchups. And I like Gobert too, but again, I don't know if he's he's not a one, he's a five, so he can't be a one. He can't be a one, yeah. So it's like I I just don't know. Like eventually, young teams get to where they're supposed to be in their prime and supposed to play better, and you can't always just be the young team that's going to kill it in the regular season. So, I don't know. It's more of a – I wish I could say I had a very a logical reason for putting them all the way down at three um, as a team that's been the one seed. I think the, the logical reasoning is the other two teams are just better. Yes. That's the would, best That's where I'm it. at, yeah. Uh, two seed, I have the Lakers. You also have the Lakers. Yeah. Um, as star-laden as a team probably ever has been. Um, this is a team that could finish as the one seed. Honestly, this is a team that could underachieve and finish as a seven. Yeah, it, it was kind of the wild card team going into this season. Hundred um, percent. I had them at the two because I thought West, Russell Westbrook would be able to kind of 
carry him for some games so you'd be able to rest LeBron. AD's going to get hurt at some point, miss some games. He already is. He already is. <laughs> so, I mean, they're not – Russ isn't playing as well as I kind of thought he would up to this point. Yeah, I, It'll be curious to see how well they all play together, but those games that LeBron has to sit in, AD has to sit, I think that's where Russ really should shine. He hasn't done it yet, but yeah. it's eight games in. Yeah, he'll he'll get back to some good form where yeah, he'll got, have 40 or 50-point games when both of those guys are sitting. Yeah, we got 74 games to go. Yeah, Long it's road. an old roster, so that's the unknown, but playoff time, man, this is going to be a dangerous team, and... Russell Westbrook will uh, will see very very few minutes, I think, in the postseason. Very less than he's seeing now, for sure. We're, we're talking about like the three headed monster going forward. They have like a seven headed monster, right? Yes, they have, they have it from all angles. Um, my one seed, I have the Utah Jazz all the way up at one. You talked about that. This is the team that just dominates the regular season every year. For some like. reason, they're at fifty five to sixty wins. Whether they get it done in the postseason or not, whether it's the first round or the second round, they go home. This is a team that get it, they, they just get it done in the regular season. Um, I like Mike Conley a lot. Jordan Clarkson had a great year last year. Joe Ingles is a solid option. They added Bogdanovich. Royce O'Neal's playing above his pay grade. Rudy Gay's there. Rudy Gobert, his, I've never been a, a huge fan of his, but now they've added Hassan Whiteside, who plays just like him. Yeah. So the games that Gobert's out, or even when they sub out, they still have their anchor at the five spot. Eric Paschal's a nice add. They just they have a lot of pieces, and I think they they follow what they do best. They dominate the regular season, and they fizzle out in the second round. For my one seed, I have the Nuggets, and I mean a couple of things. I I expect the Joker to kind of make a big step this year. I think uh, obviously coming off uh, an MVP season, I think he'll play a little bit better. I really like the Aaron Gordon fit. I think it's kind of a an under-the-radar one that people it's, aren't talking enough yeah, about. Yeah, it's weird, but I think it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, between Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., like it just it just makes sense for whatever reason. Yeah. With Jamal Murray healthy, to me this is – like I would have put him at my one too. That was the one thing that kind of held me back. Yeah, I think this team's good enough to carry him through, and then hopefully Murray gets back, and, and then they're able to play at a high level and – I, I like the Nuggets a lot. I think Joker's a good fit there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a true one. I think that's the difference between me and the Nuggets and the Jazz is I have no questions that Joker's a one. I have questions about Jamal Murray being a one. I would agree, yeah. Anything else to add? I think that's all we got. I'm going to call it for week eight. Um, hopefully we got through it all okay it looks like we're showing up so that's good i am all for it so that's all we got for you guys for week eight sorry about the late drop obviously technical difficulties do happen hopefully you hear this before thursday night football um hopefully you guys stay safe stay healthy follow us on twitter piss warm takes owen underscore burke we got um nfl midseason awards coming up next week for week nine and more nba talk to come as well so with that stay safe stay healthy We'll see you guys next week.